this episode of A Pain in the Glass podcast was actually recorded in April of 2022, last year, at the World Senior Curling Championships, as I was there with the two Canadian teams to defend our championships in Geneva, Switzerland. I had some time in my hands in my hotel room and decided to record an episode about using laser speed traps. I decided to publish this week as the perfect follow-up to the last episode on timing systems. Welcome once again to At Pain in the Glass podcast. This is Bill Shearhart, National Coach with Curling Canada. This episode is coming to you from Geneva, Switzerland, the site of the 2022 World Mixed Doubles Championship and World's Senior Curling Championship. A Pain in the Glass podcast is sponsored by Canada Curling Stone. For this episode, I'm digging into my blog site, an article that I wrote in March of 2016. The inspiration for the article was from a curler in the Seattle area, actually from the Seattle Curling Club. His name is Ben Richardson. And Ben asked me, how can I practice by myself, especially in terms of practicing weight control? And again, specifically with draw weights and guards. That led me to putting fingers to keyboard. And this is the updated version of it's hard work. Sometimes it's no fun, but the rewards are off the charts. As I like to say, let's start at the very beginning with weight control. In my opinion, the most important skill in a host of important skills. When I hear that, I suggest weight control is the key ingredient to making a curling shot. One reply I feel frequently refers to the quality of ice at the curling facility. In short, it goes like this. Bill, how can I practice weight control with an eye on improvement with our ice, which is less than ideal? Well, good question. And one of the answers involves laser timers. There are a number of them on the market. The one I have purchased most recently, and no connection with the company, therefore no endorsement revenue, is ChronoCurl, www.chronocurl.com. ChronoCurl spelled C-H-R-O-N-O-C-U-R-L. That's C-H-R-O-N-O-C-U-R-L, www.chronocurl.com. In essence, it's a laser-activated timer that records the velocity of a curling stone as it passes through the laser beam. Interestingly enough, it does so not by measuring the time taken for the stone to pass through, what I call the speed trap. It measures velocity in one of three ways, miles per hour, kilometers per hour, or feet per second. I like feet per second. The unit is easy to set up and requires an Android tablet to record and display the data. And actually, as I record this episode from the original Blogspot site, I think that now the tablet can be either iOS, in other words, Apple, or 
Android. When I use my Chrono Curl, I ask the athlete to deliver shots in pairs, and that's key to this. Working so hard on the feel for the weight of the first shot so it can be duplicated. I set up the Chrono Curl device, laser on one side of the ice and receiver on the other, just beyond the athlete's point of release so the ice factor is reduced as much as possible. Since the diameter of a stone in use should be consistent, it's always better science to use the same stone for both shots. Clearly, a teammate or friend who can stop and return the stones is desirable. That friend can also hold the tablet and therefore provide quick and verbal feedback. And some of the devices on the market have a readout display that you can set on the ice for that purpose. After the second stone has been delivered, the athlete will compare the feel for the weight by comparing it to the first stone delivered. It doesn't matter that the athlete delivered both shots with the same weight, knowing that the second is a little lighter or a little heavier. A lot lighter or a lot heavier is just as good. You see, it's about awareness. What amazes me about this activity is in the fact that heightened awareness, which enables the athlete to know that the second stone has been delivered with the same velocity as the first, or a little lighter, or, well, I think you get the picture, I'm sure, will almost by default improve weight control. Here's another example of this phenomenon from a different sport. A relatively inexperienced and not very skilled tennis player sought instruction from a certified instructor. The instructor began exchanging ground strokes with the student. Every time the student hit the ball out of bounds, the instructor asked by how far out of bounds the ball had landed. Initially, the student's awareness of this was not very good. But as time progressed, the student's awareness of the magnitude of the air improved. The instructor always ensured that the student was given the actual distance after the student's guess was provided. But something else improved in parallel. What do you think that might have been? Right, the frequency of the errors decreased as well. In other words, whereas the student would hit the ball out of bounds every second or third exchange of strokes at first, it began to happen every five or six exchanges of strokes, then after every 10 or 12 exchanges of strokes. The challenge of knowing how far out of bounds the student struck the ball was not the goal for the instructor. His or her goal was really to improve the student's technical skill, but he or she did so by allowing the student to focus on awareness as opposed to providing a myriad of technical advice about footwork, grip, stroke, eye contact, etc. All those aspects of striking a tennis ball improved along with the awareness of the magnitude of errors. Getting the curler to assess the degree to which he or she is delivering the second stone compared to the first is in that same vein. I know I've digressed from the stated premise of this blog, but it's clear that I much prefer this method of empowering the athlete to figure out challenges as opposed to me telling the athlete how he or she might do it. When the athlete figures it out, he or she makes an investment in the skill, a much more meaningful one than any that I can provide. 
Now, make no mistake, when I feel that sense of partnership between us has been established and I see brows furrowed on the forehead of the athlete indicating a measure of frustration, I may offer a suggestion or two, but it will always be just that, a suggestion, never a command. Okay, let's go back to my friend Ben who has been delivering pairs of stones, attempting to deliver the velocity of the second stone so that it is the same as that of the first. As Began begins to become aware of the differences in velocities of those second shots compared to the first, he will begin to increase his overall weight control as well. I love to see this unfold each time I use my Chrono Curl laser timer. And I'm going to say a little bit more about the specifics of using the laser timer at the end of this episode. For line of delivery, there are a number of self-regulating activities that can be employed, most of which you might have learned very early in your career. Let's take a look at a few. Place a paper cup on a selected line of delivery just beyond your release point, and I mean only a very short distance from beyond your release point. When you release the stone, the paper cup should be bumped straight forward. When that happens, it means your release has been clean, as anything other than a clean release will cause the paper cup to move to the left or to the right. I know instructors who coaches who use a stone in place of a paper cup. Oh, I don't like that for two reasons. First, I believe there's a safety issue as the delivered stone comes to a sudden stop and comes into contact with a stationary stone. And second, since that stationary stone is positioned just beyond the release point, you must commit one of the cardinal sins in stone delivery, which is jumping out of your slide immediately after the release. Not good. To practice the accuracy and precision of your slide, position pairs of paper cups so that you form a channel, width to be determined by you. Slide through the channel so that you don't strike any cups. Then, with stone in hand, deliver through the channel and release the stone so that it strikes that single paper cup I referred to earlier. In case you feel this type of practice modality is beneath your experience and skill dignity, I was doing this at the Ottawa Curling Club one time, and Team Canada was on another sheet doing exactly the same thing. There are many different activities that you can use to know that your slide is straight and true, but when you select those you're going to employ when you're practicing alone, Choose those that are self-regulating in that you receive instant feedback regarding the degree to which you are successful. The ones I've just described are of that type. If you strike paper cups as you slide through the channel, you're either drifting or sliding on some other line of delivery. When you release the stone and watch the direction that the cup travels, you know if your release was clean. Put those two combinations together, and you have mastered the signature skill in curling. I've seen this slide activity accomplished using stones to form the channel. Well, as you might guess, I don't like using stones again from a safety perspective. It's not good to misalign one slide, causing granite curling stones to move about during the slide. It's just not a good idea. Go with the paper cups. 
To test and or confirm balance, slide without your delivery device, brush, stabilizer, whatever it might be, even if you're actually releasing stones. You'll know instantly if your balance is perfect or near perfect, what confidence you will take into actual games knowing that. When I was coaching at the University of Waterloo early in my coaching career, one drill was always done without sliding devices. And when you do that, when you're early in your career, this will not be a challenge. Hopefully, you will have a coach or instructor who can provide you with some self-regulating activities. Choose the ones that help you become both a more proficient curler and also those that will make you a more proficient teammate. Record your achievements for activities that were successful and therefore can be incrementally measured. Have an achievement goal in mind. Try to exceed your average score. All these activities are hard work. They sometimes, got to admit it, they're no fun. But the rewards, well, they're off the charts. Now, earlier in this episode, I said I would talk a little bit more about Chrono Curl. When I use Chrono Curl, I set it to meters per second. I might get a readout of 2.65. The stone passed through the laser speed trap traveling at 2.65 meters per second. But I see that data not as a two-digit numeral, but rather as a three-digit numeral. In other words, not 2.65, just 265. My degree of accuracy to reply to the athlete that he or she has delivered the second shot within an acceptable range to be considered the quote-unquote same weight is five digits in the units column on either side of the velocity of the first stone delivered. In this case, if the velocity readout for the second stone was anywhere between 260 and 270, the second stone delivered was delivered with the same approximate weight. If the readout was greater than 270, then the second stone was delivered with greater velocity than the first, and noticeably so. If the second stone was delivered with a readout of less than 260, then its velocity was noticeably slower than that of the first. One of the features I really like about Chrono Curl is that you can go to the tablet and see the data, but then you have, ch- you have to chase down that just-delivered stone. So trust me, bringing a friend it really, really helps. As the skill and experience of the athlete improves, the degree of accuracy should be altered. Instead of allowing the five digits on either side of the established time, it might be changed to three or even two digits. Now, some of the laser timers have an LED readout display that you can set to the side of the sheet so that you see it at first glance. When using this weight control awareness activity, make sure you incorporate many weights, especially for upweight shots. Now, listen to this next sentence very carefully. On my blog site, it's in bold type, and here it is. More takeout shots are missed, not because the athlete missed the brush, the athlete delivered the wrong weight. Usually, we think of weight control for all the downweight shots, but it's just as important to measure velocity for upweight shots as well. 
Now, in a team environment, while one member is delivering pairs of shots, another teammate can be timing, likely backline to hogline or some other form of interval timing. The previous episode, of course, was all about interval timing and how valuable interval timing can be in practice, and that's what this is all about. A second, judging from backline to hogline, or T-line to hogline, whatever it might be. And the fourth, about 10 meters from the hogline holding the brush who retrieves the stone. As a coach, you will have the tablet in hand. You will know if the second stone was one, delivered about the same weight, two, a little heavy, three, a little light, four, noticeably heavy, or five, noticeably light. Now, why those five categories? Well, those are the categories used in the execution of a curling shot. The first teammate to speak will be the one who just delivered the two shots. The teammate who timed must use the time recorded on the watch and then place that data into one of the five categories just mentioned. The teammate who judged will do the same thing, but of course, based solely on his or her observation, followed by the fourth teammate on the line of delivery. In this team environment, you will have gathered useful information on three vital aspects of team performance. First, you will have worked on the raison d'etre, weight control. Second, you will have tested the accuracy of your interval timing. Third, you will have tested the accuracy of your team's judging skills from two perspectives, the watch and the eye. All team members are involved in this activity, and they are done so very productively. There are other laser timers on the market that employ pairs of emitters and receivers. They record the time consumed from the time the stone breaks the first laser beam between the emitter and receiver, and when the second laser beam is broken. I have two sets of those. One is manufactured by Brower Timing Systems. That's www.browertiming.com. That's Brower, B-R-O-W-E-R. So www.browertiming.com. And the other by Tracktronics. And Track is T-R-A-C, Tronics, T-R-O-N-I-X. So therefore, the website, www.tracktronics.com. Again, Tractronics is spelled T-R-A-C-T-R-O-N-I-X. These laser timing devices have the added feature of providing times between any two points on a curling ice, hog-to-hog, backline-to-hog, T-line-to-hog, or whatever. Although I'm not going to detail about this in this particular episode, an activity I use with teams on the ice employs either my Brower or Tractronics timers and my Chronocurl laser timer. I use it to learn if everyone's interval time will result in the same stone velocity, a key piece of information in my mind. I'll put fingers to keyboard Or in my case, perhaps I'll put voice to microphone to explain how I do that, perhaps in an upcoming episode. But if you will send me an email, coachbill at hey.net, I have a document that explains how to do this, and I will be happy to send you the document. Again, my email address is coachbill.net 
at hey.net. If you would like to see a video on using lasers in curling, go to YouTube and use that name, Using Lasers in Curling. I created four short videos while at the Victoria Curling Club in Victoria, British Columbia a few years back. Again, search for Using Lasers in Curling. Well, there you have the uh, second episode on timing. This one, as I said, is about laser timers. So I hope you understand (laughs) that I recorded that uh, a number of months ago. Timing is important. How important it is is entirely up to you, and how you execute various systems is up to you. But I'm certainly one who believes firmly that it's an important part of weight control, and as I said in this episode, in my opinion, the most important skills in a host of important skills. So until next time, thank you very much for listening today. Wherever you are, I hope your season is going well. Remember, it's not about the wins and losses. It's all about performance. Stay safe, everyone. And of course, as I like to say, think only those happy thoughts. The reason is when you are in a state of happiness, you are going to perform better. So think those happy thoughts.